Welcome to the Ozone. Hello and welcome to the Ozone. I'm your host, Jeff Hazard, Assistant Director of Athletics and Sports Information Director here at Oneonta. And today, we've invited in a couple of special guests here. Uh, we consider them the dynamic duo of our women's track and field program back from the early days of our program in the mid-2000s. Uh, so I'm very happy to welcome to the show Ashley Robertson and Adrian Musu-Davis. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, remote. <laughs> we are definitely remote. We got one in Florida, Ashley, and Musu's in, uh, what, New Jersey? Yes. Yeah, so we're, we're pretty remote here. This is uh, the new way of the world, and, and we certainly want to take, uh, thank you for taking time out to join us today. Um, sure, thank you for having us. Well, before we start the actual conversation, I just want to kind of go through and just let people give some highlights from your time here as student athletes. And certainly you both accomplished a lot, not only on the track, but also in the classroom. Um, so just to run down a couple of things, uh, certainly Musu, you won a national title in 2006 in the 200 meters. Uh, between the two of you, uh, 14 All-American honors between individual and relays. Uh, seven individual ECAC championships and a couple of relays, uh, 17 uh, individual SUNYAC titles and 12 relays, so 29 total, and, and being named to the all-conference team uh, 10 times. I mean, so that's, I think maybe an eighth of that would be someone's entire career, but to put the two of you together certainly is, is quite amazing when you look at those numbers. So. Uh, you know, both of you are in our Hall of Fame now as individuals, and also we inducted the 2006 uh, team uh, last year as well uh, with Ashley as an individual uh, because of your third place finish at Nationals where, you know, we had all Americans all over the place and, and relays and stuff. So, so congratulations on all that stuff. And um, I'd really like to kind of start our conversation today with talking about your Oneana experience as, as student athletes. and. And, you know, uh, Musu, you can start first if you'd like. Uh, you know, you transferred to us from New Paltz, um, and you also played field hockey for us. Yeah. And I know I tell the story many times of the person running up and down the field from <laughs> New Paltz, uh, you know, who is she? And then you ended up coming to Oneana, so we were pretty excited about that. So uh, talk about your student athlete experience here. Sure. Um, so I transferred going into my junior year. Um, to Oneonta from SUNY New Paltz. And one of the things that was really important to me was that I was able to play field hockey and run track when I transferred. Um, I wanted to be a little bit closer to home. I'm from Buffalo. Um, and also uh, the track team at New Paltz was being cut. Um, so it was really important that I found a place that felt like home um, and the same way that I felt at my previous institution. Um, and Oneonta did not disappoint. I felt like when I got to campus, um, I was able to you know, get to know my teammates very quickly. Um, everyone was very welcoming, um, both field hockey and you know, track teammates. Um, and it was really exciting to be in a community where um, there was a lot of athletic excellence, but also I was encouraged to do well in the classroom as well. Um, and you know, Ashley and I kind of joke about this all the time because we were like not very competitive with each other in terms of um, trying to outdo each other on the track. But definitely when it came to classes, <laughs> we would kind of, you know, poke at each other like, did you get a 4-0 this semester, you know? Um, and so it was really nice to have, you know, teammates who um, really were as motivated and excited about things on the track and off the track uh, as much as I was. Yeah. And what about you, Ashley? 
Uh, well, I came into Oneana right out of high school. Uh, I know uh, Coach Matt said I was one of the first recruits for the team, but when I got there, uh, we weren't an official NCAA team yet. It was still considered a, a club. So my whole first year, it was uh, kind of building up our plan. We competed with other um, universities in the SUNY system and just kind of got our feet wet with the program. And then my second year, so my sophomore year at Oneonta, uh, we became an official NCAA uh, sport. So we were able to start going to um, the NCAA championships and ECACs, and we started competing uh, then. So it, it was kind of cool to see us transition and start from scratch. Um, I mean, we didn't have uniforms. We didn't have anything. We, I got, I guess, the first hand in picking all of that stuff, which was pretty cool. And uh, same thing, uh, Oneana just really felt like home. Um, I remember going on a road trip that senior year with my mom, and we checked out almost every SUNY campus. And I guess I picked colleges almost like I pick cars. If I test drive a car, the second I get in and I'll say, nope. And <laughs> they'll look at me and say, really, you haven't driven it yet. I'm like, no, I know. Uh, and it was the same with driving around the campuses. We drive on one. I'm like, nope, nope. My mom's like, okay, we're, we are headed home. So I remember hitting Oneana. It was like maybe six o'clock in the morning and nothing was open yet. We drove on campus and I said, yep. This is it. And she's like, how do you even know this? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, ever since that, it was just, it was home. Everybody was always welcoming. The professors were amazing when it came to having to travel as an athlete. Um, you know, we would miss a lot of Friday classes and we would have everything ready to go and, and done before we even left. So we really weren't behind when we went back to, to class. And, um, yeah, I guess it was just, fun from there right and then i got to hang out with musu during the <laughs> junior year i think yeah. <laughs> so. so obviously you two are going to be forever connected within the history of our our athletic program as two of our greatest student athletes uh all time and any you know it's not gender specific i mean you two are clearly two of the greatest we've ever had um so what was that dynamic like? I mean, certainly, Ashley, you were there. You know, like you said, we never had women's track and field here before, and you kind of started the program. And then, of course, here comes Musu. And then, you know, we had a few other pieces like Caitlin O'Sullivan and Maureen Verdier and, you know, athletes like that. So, so what was that dynamic like to be leaders uh, in a program that still uh, is flourishing? I mean, we still are, are doing some great things on the track. So... Maybe each one of you, I mean, Ashley, maybe you can take this one first this time to, to talk about that dynamic. Yeah, what, what was kind of cool with that is it seemed that the leaders on the program all had their own individual um, race or their, their own individual thing that they were focusing on. And I don't know if the coaches set that up, but none of us really crossed each other's paths when it came to that. We had our own goals that we were working on. And um, the cool thing was being able to come together as relay teams. Um, and I think when you saw the, that leadership come together and those relays, man, I got to tell you, I remember those more than my own individual races, probably because I was throwing up after most of my own individual <laughs> races. But, but the, those relays, um, and you can see the excitement from the rest of the team. Uh, and I mean, we 
I remember we would see teams start to load out on the buses by the end of the meet. So those final races were usually nobody in the gymnasiums during indoor, nobody on the outdoor tracks. Everybody was packing up, getting ready to go. But uh, when we were out there, our team loaded that track. They were excited. Nobody was on the bus. I mean, they, they waited for us to, to run. And it was the, the highlight of that meet, which was, which was pretty cool, bringing everyone together and getting everyone all revved up before you got back on the bus by the end of the day. Yeah. And what about you, Musu? Well, I, I absolutely agree with what Ashley was saying. I think um, each of us was, you know, coached and given the encouragement and the motivation to do, to be a specialist at whatever it was we were focused on. Um, and I, I think that that probably was a major key to our success. I think we all trained to become experts at the thing that we were working on. Like I trained to be a 200 specialist. Right. period. <laughs> um, and I did not enjoy running 400s after I became a 200 specialist, but we sure did it fast. So <laughs> there wasn't a lot to complain about after that, you know. Um, I I agree that I, I remember the, um, that's my little person joining us. Um, I remember the, the relays better than I remember a lot of the individual events. Um, and I think the part about that that brought me the most joy was just, you know, breaking records. Like we would, <laughs> we would get ready every to go time. Home, and every single time we broke records. <laughs> it was so funny because, um, you know, as an individual, I had that experience, but before that, it didn't feel like the scientific thing. I feel like when we were all together and it was competition time, it was okay. Here's the, the time we need to qualify for nationals at this meet, not at the end of the season, but like, this meet and we're going to go do it what do we need to do to feel prepared to go do that right? right um and there were no excuses in the weight room and there were no excuses at practice it was we are training so that we can break this record and qualify for nationals next week period right. and we all expected that of each other and it was like the most wonderful supportive competitive environment yeah. um and i try you know even with i'm an educator now and i try to do that with my students too is like it's okay to have a big goal and work on it now. You don't have to wait, you know, right. till the end of the semester. And it's okay to be competitive in a really like supportive way. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I think I, I got that from from track, like from our, our team and the way we, you know, work together. And do you think a lot of that uh, came from uh, the coaching staff? I mean, I know that, you know, Matt LaPiccolo and, and Mike Schmidt, I mean, when you talk to the two of them, like it was focused, like it was game time. And a lot of that's time, it was game time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so. that's exactly what I was going to say is I think that with how much fun we were having, um, we, we gave them the opportunity to say, let's try this, let's do this. And they knew we were going to do it to the best of our ability uh, just to see if it worked. So it's almost like they, they were able to literally tell us to do anything eat this. I want you to drink something at this time and eat a piece of chocolate at this time. And let's see what happens. And so it, I don't want to say we were <laughs> guinea pigs, but it was it was very cool for them to really dig into their methodology and to dig into, you know, what was shown to be um, successful and effective. And we were willing to do it and, and try it. Right. Because yeah. we knew we were going to be good. We, we knew it was going to it was going to work. We had trust in them completely. 
Yeah, trust is. I, I was listening to something the other day about Michael Phelps, and he was talking about one of the the greatest um, experiences that he has had as a swimmer, and we all know his successes. But he said it was a relay team, and he was the second leg on the relay team, and he was hands down the the fastest on the U.S. team. But they had him second, and he was able to get out of the pool and cheer on the last two swimmers of his relay team. And no one expected for him to swim second. They thought he was going to be anchor because yeah. he was the fastest one. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking back to nationals our last year, running that four by one, which was not my we best race. I was that. a 400 runner. <laughs> and man, when coach said we're putting Musu second leg and we're putting Ashley anchor of the four by one, we were all like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and she took off second leg and there was no other team near us. So by the time it got to Mel and then got to me, all I had to do was carry us in. And now we killed it. We right. broke every school record mm -hmm. by far that, uh, that we could have. And it worked. So right. it was very cool. Well, it's funny to equate that to um, uh, when our men's team with Sean Bernstein won the four by one at nationals, he was the second leg. And when you mm -hmm. saw him get the baton, like from the time when he got it to the time when he passed it off, we were ahead by, and like you said, the final person who was a freshman just had yeah. to bring it home. And uh, so yeah. I can see that coaching methodology that, you know, Matt and Mike and Angelo and all those, uh, Joe Reed, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the way they were coached. So I think passing that on, I mean, I know those guys were, yeah. they were intense. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you would agree. <laughs> oh, totally. But I, I think, here's the thing. Um, I think when you're working with talented athletes, yeah. and I think even, not talented athletes meaning like we have egos or anything like that, but like when you're working with athletes who have high potential, um, and I think for myself, I never thought until I got to Oneonta that I could accomplish the things that I did at Oneonta. Wow. So I think having a coach who recognizes your potential and is willing to push you past what you think you're capable of yep. um, really just produces dynamic results. And, um, you know, it's no surprise to me that later after we had graduated and, you know, some of the people who were our teammates became coaches at Oneonta that they would, you know, use some of those same, you know, that same ideology with their own athletes because it, they saw it work. It just, it just yeah. worked. Um, and it wasn't magical. It was totally fine. Like Mike was studying things to do with short to long training and long to short training and, you know, endurance training and like all these kinds of things, like the sophistication of our training programs was just totally dynamic. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think that they had to be intense not to deal with us, but to keep us, you know, on our toes so that we would stay excited and interested and motivated. Um, yeah. Well, and, we were going to fight back, too. We wanted we to know tired. why. Yeah. We did. We wanted to know why. And, I mean, sometimes we would get the parent answer just because I said so. Mm -hmm. You're going to run your fastest next week, and that's it. And then we did, and we're like, all right, yeah. you yeah. win again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess I you have to kind of treat it that way. I mean, you know, you expect more. And good athletes, I think talented athletes, like you said, Musu, uh, will ask that question because – you want to know why this is going to help me run faster or, or be better. So, I mean, I think that that goes back to the academic side of, of you being so inquisitive <laughs> as to why you're doing things. But obviously you knew the payoff was 
you know, you were seeing the success. So, um, so now, uh, if we could maybe uh, transition a little bit, because both of you now are working in higher education, and you both have your doctorates. And certainly, I mean, I, I guess my first question is, is did either one of you, like you said, you know, pushing you past your limits and, and accomplishing things that maybe you didn't think you, did you think that you would have your, your doctorate degrees? Was that the main goal, a focus? I mean, you know, so maybe talk a little bit about that, earning your doctorate degrees. Well, I think for me, after college, I didn't know what I really wanted to do long term. Um, so by the time we finished running um, at nationals <laughs> in 2006, I was on my way to grad school at Syracuse um, to study higher education. And I think while I was there, you know, um, I had the opportunity to intern um, and do lots of different things. And I was kind of figuring out what that would mean for me in higher ed. Um, I really had gotten close with and been mentored by the um, student affairs staff at Oneonta. So I was excited to consider, you know, going on in routes like that. Um, but I realized while I was in my master's program that I really needed to be doing more. Like I wanted to do more research and I wanted to be teaching and I wanted to um, not just be able to support students, but like shape policy that yeah. supports students. And I needed to keep going in order to be able to do that. Um, so it's been exciting to see, <laughs> you know, where life takes you after, you know, 13 years or 14 years um, yeah. when you weren't headed in the direction you were sure you were going to go. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough to start my master's degree at Oneonta. Um, re remember when I said yeah. we had that first year where we weren't considered an NCAA team yet. Yeah. So technically, because of that and only being a club, I got an extra year tacked on at the end that I was eligible to to run at NCAAs. And uh, Oneana had a beautiful grad school program in education, which, I mean, I knew I was going down that route since I started there. I, I didn't waver from that, but um, I was able to start my, my master's um, there. I, I ran that last year, which was what our 2006 yep, that was the uh, year. year that we were able to <laughs> to run and I was able to stay there with my my teammates who were most of them were graduating in 06 so I would have technically been finished in 05 I'm like I can't leave them come on we're not we're not done yet so I stayed and started my master's and then um, I got a job teaching in Florida uh, so I came down and was a high school teacher for, for a number of years, and it just was natural to finish up my master's. And uh, I was actually thinking of going into um, the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, just I, I was fascinated with just the, the ocean, and I'm a very, very patriotic person for our country. That's <laughs> my thing. But um, that did not pan out. Um, a lot of shifting and changing and recruitment issues. And uh, I figured it was a message from a higher power saying, don't go that route. So I kind of switched my path and I started my PhD uh, and right, went right from my master's into my PhD, which I did, um, I did do online. So I had a really cool mix of face-to-face um, -face instruction and online instruction. And from that PhD, um, I think I, I realized that I, I was very interested in um, the potential of online instruction and knew I wanted to go that route and got a job as a, as a professor shortly after that. Um, did a little bit of work 
consulting in um, public schools and charter schools here in Florida, um, but then got the job at uh, Kaiser University, and I've been a professor there and um, kind of our academic coordinator there for uh, going on seven years, I think now. Mm -hmm. So, um, so taking some of that experience that you had here uh, through athletics now into your careers, I mean, you're you're kind of on two opposite sides of the of the college, so to speak. I mean, Musa, you're more in the student affairs area with student support systems, and then Ashley, you're on the academic side supporting uh, professors in this remote learning environment. Uh, can you maybe equate some of your experience from Oneonta and how you think that's helped you in your current uh, positions? You want to go, yep. Moose? <laughs> me? <laughs> it's me. Um, I don't even know how to how to put it into words, but um, I think Oneana has turned me into an ultimate reflector. Um, throughout all of my academics, uh, as a student, as an instructor. Um, I am very thoughtful and um, methodic about the decisions that I make and how I support teachers, um, how I support my students. And it, it kind of crosses over into my, my life too. I mean, with my, my health, my exercise, I, everything that I do uh, was from that, uh, I guess that mindset and that mental strength that my coaches, my professors were able to uh, help pull out of me and, and kind of mold me into. So um, th I think that the the support I received there from coaches, from leadership, from my professors is the reason why I support my students and work so hard with them now. Right. So. Oh, and Musu? Oh, we might have, did we lose Musu? <laughs> she yeah, might have no, had she's been busy with on, that little one. Oh, on there she pause. is. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> she just did a quick 200 meters. Yeah, I know. Really. Away. World she's record. World record. Probably set another record. We'll have to put that in the books. Yeah, so when you <laughs> ask if track equates to mom life. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that there's a lot of things that I took from my athletic experiences that influences how I work as a professional. Um, I think for one thing, the the endurance and the commitment to kind of like seeing things through to the end, um, even when it's challenging, absolutely helped me get through my dissertation experience. Um, so I think that is probably the number one thing um, that, or the number one way that I would say that I've seen how being an athlete helped me really just make a difference in my life and also like accomplish the goals that I've had professionally. Um, so now I'm the administrative dean for the honors program in the School of Arts and Sciences at Rutgers University. And we're kind of in a gray area between academics and student affairs. Um, we have our own courses. I um, am overall the advising professionals in our program. And then we also do programming. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, and I think that, you know, having an athlete mentality is really helpful when working with high achieving students. Um, they need to be pushed in the same way that talented athletes do. Um, they need to be, you know, challenged, um, but they also need to be supported, right? 
And so it's been exciting to think about, um, to take the messages that I learned and that worked for me as an athlete and use them with my students, um, perhaps in ways they may not recognize, which I guess is the fun part for me, but that's been really exciting for me. Um, and I think that, you know, even just that perspective or that, you know, pedagogical approach to how we engage with students or the way we design our program and the opportunities we offer them um, really makes a difference. Um, and I see that students are achieving really well because of those things. And the ones who spend the most time with us, um, the same way that I spent time with, you know, that some of the student affairs professionals and the faculty at Oneonta, um, the ones who spend a lot of time with us, I really see the growth from when we first meet them as first year or incoming students to when they're seniors and they're graduating. Um, and they're having really wonderful experiences as student leaders um, and really taking advantage of things that are happening inside and outside the classroom. Um, and that's all, that's all I want. That makes me a really happy, um, you know, Dr. Mama <laughs> person <laughs> in their lives. Right. Um, I think we kind of, we kind of learned to when, when to give that extra support mm -hmm. and when to say, you got to do this mm -hmm. and kind of give them that hard, hard life love. lesson. And most of them come back and, and say thank you in the end. So. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So if you were, uh, you know, we'll kind of maybe uh, get maybe towards the end of this, but is there, now you're in higher education, you obviously, you know, uh, through your experiences and all your education, what one piece of advice would you give to like someone who's a student athlete, you know, now? Like, so what would you, what would you tell them? I, I think my big thing right now is, First of all, my, my heart goes out to everybody. This is um, tough times that we're living in, un unprecedented times. And what I've learned is that now is the opportunity where you can find greatness off of the athletic field. Uh, you can take those experiences, you can take those opportunities that, that you've learned. Um, and now is the time when our society needs people with strong um, mindsets and who are empathetic and who are willing to help. And that is one of the, the greatest um, characteristics of a, of a good leader uh, is being in it to help others. Um, so my piece of advice right now and I feel so bad about everybody's seasons who've been, you know, canceled and postponed, but you have it in you to be a leader um, off the athletic fields too. And, and please, please, please do that. Um, and in terms of athletics, if your seasons have been canceled or anything like that, there are some awesome club teams. Uh, if you're in the peak of your athletic performance, uh, getting yourself out there and joining those club teams and having that athletic opportunity, even if it's after uh, college, is going to still um, afford you some great happy experiences and, and opportunities to, to flourish there. So um, be leaders right now and, and work on finding greatness in other ways because athletes have it in them. It's not just about athletics. So. That would be my piece of advice. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, the things that come next are really important for our student athletes. Um, so I think, 
it's important to reflect on and be proud of the things that they've accomplished so far. Um, and remembering that, you know, participation in athletics is a privilege, right? And not everybody has that privilege. So whatever they've been able to accomplish, whether it's just building connections with teammates or getting to travel places, that was a big thing for me was getting to, you know, get out of New York state, right. Hmm. Um, and experience, you know, the country. And um, I think, you know, reflecting on those things and being proud of them and thinking about, um, the dynamic growth or the change or development they've had through those experiences is really important, but also thinking about what comes next, meaning the professional lives that they're going to be entering into perhaps sooner than they anticipated right yeah. now that, you know, athletic seasons are not happening in the way that they anticipated. Yeah. Um, and also creating opportunities for folks who come behind them to have constructive um, experiences athletically as well. So it may be that some of our seniors are not going to get to have a great season, but what can they do to help, the folks who are juniors and sophomores really be productive and excited and excellent competitors when it's their turn to compete again, right? How are they, you know, encouraging them or offering advice for strategies that help them be successful or get to the top of their game by the time they were seniors? Um, because they won't be around, you know, on campus, um, you know, when it's time for those folks to step up into the lead or to have their chance to do their seasons. I mean, hopefully all of this quarantining and yeah. you know <laughs> social distancing from campus won't be forever right yeah. um and so at some point somebody's going to get to go back to the track and they're going to be looking for some leadership and some guidance and i think it's really important that um you know this year's seniors or you know current student athletes really reach back to make sure that you know everyone can have the kind of um just like life-changing transformative you know athletic experience um that they've had whether it's on the track in the field or outside of it or in the classroom, whatever that means to them. But I think, you know, making sure that we're supportive in that way is, is really important. Right. Uh, certainly uh, great advice from two of our greatest. And I want to thank you for, for all of that. Um, so before we close out, I've just got some quick questions here. We're going to have a little fun. Just tell me the first thing that <laughs> pops into your mind. Um, and uh, I guess we can go alternate, but Ashley first, um, what's your favorite meal? Eggplant Parmesan. Ooh, good one. <laughs> I like that as well. Uh, Musu, what's your favorite meal? Uh, probably sushi, something sushi. Okay, that's my son Gunnar's favorite <laughs> meal. <laughs> uh, what, uh, Musu, what's your favorite movie? Oh, um, Coming to America, ah. Eddie Murphy, Neil Hall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Ashley, your favorite movie? Oh my goodness, you're killing me. <laughs> Dirty Dancing. Oh, that's okay, all right. Um, <laughs> and uh, Ashley, your favorite uh, genre of music? Country. Country. What about you, Musu? Jazz. Jazz. Mm -hmm. um, Musu, what's your, fa uh, your favorite athlete all time? Oh. It's kind of tied between Dominique Dawes because hardcore yep. was totally sure I was going to be a gymnast yeah. as a child. Um, and Flojo. Ah, there you go. Um, and Ashley, what about you? Musu. Oh. <laughs> and another great choice. That's another great choice. I would say I that a third. Well. <laughs> um, and Ashley, the place you would most like to visit? Uh, I want to go to Italy. Okay. And what about you, Musu? 
I'd like to get to Liberia. My name is West African and I've never visited. And every time I meet another African person, they say, oh, your name. And I say, I've never been there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you need to get well, there. Well, I hope, was, I, I hope you do get the chance to go there. Uh, that yeah. would be wonderful. Um, so listen, uh, ladies, it's been a lot of fun. It's great to see you. You both look great and you're both, you're, you know, your success beyond Oneonta just speaks volumes of Oneonta and, and, and hopefully I know that the impact of what Oneonta has meant to you and, and your lives and, and we certainly are glad that you're ambassadors for Oneonta. Um, and we certainly want to, you know, I want to personally thank you for all the stuff that you do for us and, and we know that you're supportive of all of our programs and and uh, whenever our coaches reach out to you, I know that you're willing to answer questions and, and you know, be a, a, a beacon of, of light for our student athletes. So I wanna thank you for that as well. And I wanna thank you for taking the time today to, to spend with us. Sure, if there's anything we can do to help, or yeah. I won't speak for you, Moose, if there's anything <laughs> I can do to help ever, um, yeah, just a phone call away, let me know. All right. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, Jeff. Well, I'm, I'm, I hope it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, for me, it's always fun to be able to, you know, reconnect and, and see you. And, and certainly it was great seeing you with the Hall of Fame. It was great to have all those, you know, some of the other teammates that came back. I think that was a lot of fun for them as well. Yeah, yeah, so, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I could just say before we go, you yeah. know, when I was a student athlete looking for things to do, I interned with Jeff Hazard yeah. in the sports information office yeah. um, and learned a great wow. deal. <laughs> well, I tell you, Very cool. at, at yeah. one time, at one time, I was going to start my wall of fame because it seemed like everybody that worked as an intern or a student athlete was either like an All-American or a national <laughs> champion or, or something like that, a SUNYAC <laughs> champion. I was like, wow, geez, I don't know if it's me or no, it wasn't me. Believe me. You're a little <laughs> bit of it. Take a little credit, Jeff. Well, I'm glad that I could do one small thing for you. So that was great. That's again, for me, I don't get to impact student athletes, I guess, as much as a coach does, but I hope that, you know, I'm glad that you feel that way. So that means a lot to me. So thank you. For you that. were our third coach. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were involved in every meet. You hung every picture. <laughs> so it, it was Matt, Mike, and Jeff. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Well, listen, uh, stay well, stay healthy, uh, and hopefully this pandemic will all get through it together and, and there's light at the end of the tunnel. There is. All there right. Is. Well, thank you for being thank on. Thanks. And I'd like to thank you for joining, on this, uh, joining us this week on the Ozone. Uh, again, you can see the uh, Ozone on our YouTube channel, or you can download it from our uh, website as a podcast. You can listen to it on various web uh, podcast sites, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So I want to thank you for joining us, and please come back next time to the Ozone. <laughs>